Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome everybody to the Messy Walk Podcast. My name is Chloe and I am back here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey, I'm back. Last week he went to a conference, right, yeah, in Florida? Yeah, was at the, what's the largest church planting conference in uh, North America. Um, maybe the world, but I think there's a larger one in Africa. Oh, wow. um, and so, you know, 10,000 plus church planters, Um from all over the place. Really cool. Yeah, wow. pretty, pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's called Exponential. Yeah. Um, and so that was Exponential East. Anyway, Exponential is just a a large co- um, community of church planting yeah. churches and pastors and individuals um, that are taking the idea, the mission of um, being a church that plants churches, that plants churches, that plants churches, right? It's this exponential move. Mm-hmm. Um in that we're all called not just to make disciples, but also to plant churches, yeah, and then those to you know to, to see that exponential growth that happens. So that's really cool. Um, Valerie and I have done it a bunch, and um, it's probably my favorite thing to go to. Period keeps you close to the heart of you know the mission, the Great Commission, and church planting and things like yeah. that. So uh, it was cool to be gone, and you had a special guest on. Yes, we had a special guest last week on the podcast. My friend Stephanie Lee. She's so fun. We had a great conversation about having godly friendships and being a godly friend. And we were we were kind of worried about how it was going to go going into it, but we prayed before him. We were like, Lord, just please give us the words to say because it was kind of like we didn't. I didn't feel entirely like super prepared for it. It was more of like we were kind of pulling it together last minute. For being honest, messy walk podcast. You know, <laughs> um, in true messy walk podcast style um and so when we recorded it we both kind of were like okay well like that was good and then like in my heart i was like i don't know i don't know how that went because it just felt like i don't know i don't know i was so worried about it and then i went back and listened to it and i was like wow look at god yeah i thought it was it came out really well i I was encouraged by listening to it myself i was like wow stephanie's a really good one for that topic and you know just exploring what godly friendships are yes um i've known stephanie since she was a young teenager yeah um she's she's sort of she's family to us Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know this i don't know if they realize it or not but stephanie was on the original 14 people who helped plant our church who helped plant union church um yep she was one of the original ones and so uh you know she's been she's been around a long time and uh she's just a she's a very good uh godly friend Mm -hmm. um and understands that concept very well um she, you know, she just really does. She lives that example out really well. 100%. Yeah. I agree. So, so authentic. Cool yeah. So it was a very was... authentic conversation. And just like me and her, after we finished, we were like, that felt like one of our normal conversations. Like if we're like going out of town to like go eat somewhere together or something like that, like it felt like one of those conversations that we would have. It didn't feel forced. And I think that's why I was worried about it is because I was like, it didn't feel super structured like a podcast should feel. But well, then when I listened to it, I was like, it was real. You had just come out of us doing theology. Yes. For eight, nine, ten weeks. <laughs> Which was ridiculously structured. Yeah. Like, like let's that's... get through as much of this as we can on each yeah. one of these topics, you know, yeah. and, and these big, huge theology words and trying to <laughs> go process in this whole um, uh, systematic theology way. So this like, okay, we're going to go from this topic to this. We're going to funnel it this way. Yeah. Right. We were trying to model systematic theology and how we're actually talking through each piece of theology. Yeah. Um, and so you went from that to 
having a conversation with your friend. Right. Uh, so that's probably why you were. I thought it was great. I, like, yeah, I it listened was awesome. to it yesterday. I thought it was awesome. So if so. you haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to it because it was so good. It was We've so had fun. some good guests on the podcast. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, it, uh, most of them over the last, you know, what, 15 to 20 episodes, mm-hmm. a lot of them. So. Um, towards the end of the year and then the first of the year, we've had mm-hmm. some guests on. So they've, all, they've yeah. all been great. It has been so yeah. awesome. So be sure to go back and check out last week's episode if you did not get to hear it. Um, this is episode 56, and we are starting a new series today. And it is going to be a series about hearing from God. I'm super excited about it. Um, I think it's going to be really good. Adam, do you want to This is a rare kind of um, – so obviously I am a – you know, depending on how you know us and how you've been oriented to the podcast, I'm a pastor, um, I'm a lead teacher, obviously, at uh, our church, and um, rare, I don't think we've, I don't think we've had any of our podcasts, so this is episode, what'd you say it was? 56? 56. So, in a year's worth of every single week podcast, I don't think we've ever had one that's lining up with the same time in which I'm teaching it on stage, Yeah. Um, but this one seems like it's something we ought to do, just to expand a little bit more. So we're not going to be talking through the same thing and stuff that we would be saying as we're preaching it in person, because the podcast is not a sermon. This is a conversation, right? Um, but it just lined up in a way that I thought it was important. Um, and to be honest, uh, this is something God's been working on me with for a while now, because mm-hmm. um, I felt like uh, last year, specifically last year, that I had a hard time hearing God. And mm-hmm. so it was God. I was telling Chloe this yesterday when we were talking, of, mm-hmm. you know, of she was asking me. We were going through all this stuff with the message series that we're teaching, and then the podcast stuff. And she was like, "How do you come up with all this junk?" <laughs> <laughs> I did not call it junk. <laughs> I, it, it I'm just kidding. <laughs> I paraphrase. And and uh, and I was like, "Well, I, well, to be honest with you, you know, when you're struggling to hear from God, and you're like, God, I need to hear from you. I don't feel like I hear from you. And then I immediately feel this little tug of, well, are you doing this or about this? And, you know, it's just this convictions of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you start processing through what are these ways in which we hear from God. Um, so it's all been birthed out of sort of personal trial. I'll get to that a little bit more um, at some point, I think, on the next episode. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I just think it is important for us to, at all times, to understand that what could be more important for us to get than the fact that the God of the universe wants to communicate with us yeah. and that uh, and that we can hear him, yeah. right? I mean, what could be more important than that? And so, to me, it just needed a little extra conversation to kind of go along with what we're teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the folks that are listening to the teaching, you can also listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Folks that are listening to the podcast, you don't have necessarily have to go back to the teaching, but it's yeah. going to pair together. Yeah. So, when we talk about people listening to God and God talking to people, a lot of people think that that's something very mystical, right? Like yeah. it's like a it's like a top secret spooky thing, right? That you know, God talks to people and people are listening to him and like it's something that's unusual or extraordinary, mm-hmm. um, like it's something that's just so wild and crazy and unique that God would talk to certain people. Um, but the fact is he does it all the time. And it's not really something that is just crazy, insane. It, 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 it's actually much more natural than that. So like um, some of you have heard of this because – in recent years, there was a, a book and a movie or something about this. But um, in the 60s, I want to say around 66 or something, Time Magazine came out with this article and the cover, the cover of Time Magazine 
had no pictures on it. It was the first time that they had only used text as their cover. And the text said um, that, is God dead? Right? Was posed this question of, is God dead? And so you've, you know, in recent years you've heard that whole, you know, there was a song about it in a movie, God's Not Dead, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, It came from that idea. Hmm. And they were exploring how, like, theologians had started to sort of sort of remove God from all these big pieces. It was sort of relegating theology out to um, just its own subject instead of, like, the fact that we didn't need God anymore to explain all these scientific things. Like, remember mm-hmm. me telling you a while back on one of the episodes that, you know, that used to be one of the main core competencies, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. And so, but it had started to get removed from It's like, we can explain all these things now by science and by medical, whatever, right? And so, you know, it was this big thing of, is God now dead? Mm. Um, The next day, after that article came out, that that cover, um, Mm. which shocked the world, is still considered to be like one of the 12 or 10 most influential covers of a magazine ever in history. Um, The next day, a bunch of reporters lined up at Billy Graham's house. And they're so, so as soon as he comes out the door, they're interviewing him and asking him, you know, is God dead? Mm-hmm. And um, he says back to them, are you kidding? I just talked to him, right? Like it was Billy Graham's yeah. answer back, um, which I think is really cool because cool. the Bible has wired, the Bible says that God has wired you up in order to talk to you, right. that he has created you um, in his image to actually speak to him. And he's, so he's, if that's the case, then he's created you with the ability to tune into him, to hear him, to listen to him, and to talk back to him. Right. Um, and that means that it's not um, it's not unusual. So it's not extraordinary. It's not odd. It is max, Actually, it's probably almost the most normal thing, other than whatever's rattling around in this room right now that right. we can hear on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this building about to give out. I don't know if you can <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but somebody's sure working can. on something, and it sounds like the but, walls are. About but they to were cave not in. working on it during uh, the entire yeah during the entire time we were prepping to start. But then we start talking about yes, once you we can s- hear God, and you start. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like the walls are coming in. It really does. Always so going to message somebody and see if right. we can get them to be quiet for thirty yes. more minutes. Yes. Um, but we're not going to stop. So yeah, I already no, no. decided we're that gonna we're just going to push through. Um, I just think it's kind of cool. We say, you can hear from God. Clank, 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 <laughs> yes. bang, bang. You can also hear the walls in this building. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Shaking. Um, so what I'm saying is, is that while Chloe texts uh, somebody to tell him to quit doing this. Um, what I'm saying is, is that and then the thing with Billy Graham, it, it's not unusual. It's actually the most natural thing. Um, if we were created in the image of God... It is the most natural thing that we would be um, connected to him, that he would want to communicate with us and have a relationship with us. I mean, it's like saying, you know, it's like looking at a baby and a mother, right? Uh, and knowing that it's the most natural thing for that baby to communicate with and love with its mother. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's almost like a, this is going to sound like a weird oh, <laughs> connection. It's almost like <laughs> breastfeeding. You know, it's like, you know, you hear that thing now where people go, it's the most natural thing. Well, yes, of course it's the most natural thing, right? Now, right. Like, she, she, she is made to, to sustain the life of that child. That's it's, it's why it's there. Right? right. And so it's not weird. It's natural. And yeah. so I think when it comes to talking with God, the fact that God wants to speak to us is not some mystical weirdo thought. It's only for a select few of people, right? And it's just a cool thing. That's not true. It is, if we were made in the image of God, 
and he desires a relationship with us, then it's the most natural thing in the world for him to speak to us and for us to hear him and speak back to him, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So. It's it's just we, we got to make sure we get rid of that thought as we're yeah. walking into this that it's not something that's weird and unnatural. Right. Um, I don't know why. While you're saying that, I was like, why? Like, why is it that we do tend to think that like it's something that happens every once in a while? Like every once in a while we hear God speak, but no. Like if He is our Father, then like it's going to be constant communication yeah. if we're building that relationship. You know. Yeah. I don't know why. Like in my head, I realized I was like, why do I think it's like every once in a while God will say something to me? Like no, He wants to speak constant. all the time. It's yeah. constant, right? Yeah. It's constant. And it's I think cool. most of the time. It the issue is that we're not tuned into it, right? Yeah. Like perfect segue. Right. Um, there's a verse in Job, um, chapter 33, verse 14. Job's a hard book. Um, Job's a very difficult book for your theology and for your understanding of who God is because you, you just so many pieces in it, you're like, what? Um, but Job says this in 33, 14. God does speak sometimes one way and sometimes another even though people may not understand it. Yeah. Right. Exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. Like, now hold up. God speaks and he speaks all the time. Mm-hmm. He chooses all kinds of different methods to which to do this. Right. The issue, though, is that we may not understand it. He's saying that the problem isn't God talking, like you yeah. were saying a minute ago. The problem's not God talking. The problem is our perception. Yeah. Like, sometimes we're just not tuned into it. Yeah. And so he is literally speaking to us all the time. Right. And so as we walk into this topic for the next few weeks, we're going to talk primary ways but there, there aren't real limits here. I mean, yeah. You got to be careful, I think, when you're talking about God to always realize who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back to that piece of theology that we looked at, the incomprehensibility of God, like there are things that we can understand, but there is an incomprehensibility to the, the very nature of God that we can't always wrap our brains around. And yeah. so to us to say that we understand everything exactly how God would do it or say it or whatever, ah, yeah. like, I don't know. And so we got to be careful not to limit. Yeah. Um, and, and there's there's ways, though, to, to be able to test this, right. right? To be able to test it. I don't like the word. To be able to kind of verify, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or to, you know, just go, all right, is this God? Right. Instead of everything being a possibility. But you right. can't limit God. So right. so the question is, is that we want to explore in a conversational way, mm-hmm. not in me teaching some message, is how does God talk to us? Yeah. Like, what are these ways that God talked to us? And so I want to make sure we start off and understand that God is not limited in any single way whatsoever, Right. right in any single way um there are many many ways that god speaks to us there may be ways that god speaks to us that we don't even understand yet as human beings um that it's even happening right, right? there may be ways in which our body functions that medically scientifically we don't understand yet mm-hmm. and it happens to be a way in which god uses to speak to us i mean i don't know yeah. you know what i mean like he can use anything like right. if you look in the scripture for example he talks through a burning bush he talks through a cloud. He speaks through angels. He speaks through a pillar of fire. He speaks through a donkey. I mean, we just covered like all kinds of stuff. We covered vegetation, animals, the atmosphere, you know, supernatural. I mean, like it's some, you know, there's so many different ways. Um, one of the things we do when you look through scriptures is to pay attention to how God speaks, specifically in the Old Testament. How does God speak to his people through random stuff? Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it, so there's no limit to it. Um, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And we gotta, we've got to we've got to have a little bit more of that awe of who God is, that he can do whatever he wants. Because I don't think that, 
I think we might say that, but I don't know if we really believe it because mm-hmm. we're so stuck in if I can't understand it, then that can't be God. Um, and I just don't, I just don't agree. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can do anything he wants to do yeah. at any time he wants to do it because he's God, right? Yeah. And so let's just make sure we say that up front. So this is not going to be some exhaustive list of how to do this. Right. But there are a few that are primary ways in which he speaks to us, mm-hmm. um, at least at least what we have dis- developed so far, right? Um, there are primary ways in which God speaks to to people, um, and I and I mean all people, right? And, and there's those primary ones are ones that you see most frequently, mm-hmm. right? So if you're looking to connect with God, so this this whole process for me started with God. I'm like, God, I I need to I need you to talk to me. Right. Like I feel like I don't hear you. I'm not connected to you. Um, and I don't know what to do with all this. And so if you want to lean in and figure that out, if you want to communicate with God, focus in on the primary ways, right? Yeah. Like. God might speak to you through a burning bush, but I don't think the way you should go about trying to hear from God is go outside and stare at all the bushes. Like, right. it's probably not the best method, because right. that's not really a primary way right. in which we have seen or understand that God yes. speaks, right? Yes. Am I saying he can't speak to you like that? No, I'm not. Like, I've had people come to me and go, you know, I was out, we, we had somebody that was on staff before that we were talking about earlier who was like, God, I was out in the woods and God sent this turkey, right? Yes. <laughs> now, oh, I remember you know that story, now, yes. she was not saying that the turkey talked out loud, yes. right? But she was saying that it was God speaking to her through this, you know, turkey that just popped yeah. up randomly, you yeah. know, or whatever. So, but that's probably not how you should look for God to speak to you, like, on the regular. Right. right? So, I, I don't think turkeys and burning bushes and stuff like that right. are like primaries um so we're, we're you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, so yeah yeah I so agree. We're, we're not limiting but we're talking primary ways yeah. and so we just start off with the big one um there are there are two real big primary ways but we'll just go in with one of them right now um that god speaks through his word yeah. right so he is speaking very loudly very consistently and across all people groups through his word so in this way, you would see a consistency in him speaking to all human beings, right, through the Bible, through right. his word. Yeah. Um, and so like 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17, which I think is cool, by the way. I always like to draw – I like numbers, mm-hmm. right? So I always like to draw a comparison. So when I see another verse that's three sixteen, mm-hmm. right, oh, like John yeah, three yeah, sixteen, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. For God so loved the world, he gave his own cool. – you, know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the most – probably the most quoted Bible verse in America Easily. at least. Easily. Um, John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. It's been primarily used as this key evangelical voice of Jesus loved you God loved you. He gave up his only son for right. you that you don't have to die. You sums up the gospel, yeah. right? So I really like to pay attention to anytime I see another verse that's 316. I don't know if it means nothing. I don't know if that's God speaking to me in a certain way at right. certain times, but I really like it. So, for example, 2 Timothy 316 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Right. So that's that's 16. So think about that. If you pair that up with... God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And then you go, can I trust that? Mm-hmm. And then way later, That's cool. completely disconnected, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, yes. I right? never connected those dots. I, I think stuff like that's, that's so cool. cool right? yeah. And to me, that's that's God speaking to me through the word. You know, I just think it's so yeah. neat the way the word is, is like that. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is um, 
active and alive like a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. right? Cutting straight into the joint, separating joint and marrow and bone, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. Like it's this picture of, no, it's alive and it's moving and it's cutting in. So like that verse is saying that when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you, right? Yeah. It's You get in the Word and the Word's reading who you are. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I feel God speaking through the Scriptures all the time. But like for that, it's, it's saying that it's all God-breathed. Right, that yeah. it's all it's been breathed by God. Of course, it's been written down by humans, and, and all these things. And of course, you can, and you should. We just talked through this. Like we just spent a whole, which is cool. That's why I like the podcast. Yep. So we talk about stuff that I. It would take me two years to teach on a stage, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Uh, in the pulpit, and so you know to be able to say, hey, look, you should you should you should look at and form your own bibliology. Yep. Right. You should form your own bibliology of how the Bible was compiled and. Why this is the way it is, and the infallibility of the scripture, and the, the trustability of all these things, you should do that. But listen to what it's saying: it's saying that all scriptures is God breathed, it's useful. And then seventeen says, so that the servant of God, that would be you and me, mm-hmm. right, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And yeah. so that the the scripture is God speaking to us, literally, literally speaking life, speaking things to us for all these purposes. And it's equipping us for the work that we need to do, mm-hmm. right? For every good work that we need to do. And so the Bible is not just some good collection of random, wonderful thoughts. Um, the Bible is not just some collection of ideas of man. It's not just some inspired thoughts or collections of good sayings from smart people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you could say that the book of Proverbs is just a – one man's who was very wise on earth, earthly wisdom, right? Yeah. It's it's God breathed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no other book in the world that is reliable like the Bible. Um, it can be counted on. It, yeah. it will guide you. It will correct you. It will comfort you. It will help you. But if you never get in it, how can God talk to you? Yeah. Like. If you're never in the Word, how can God talk to you? If you're not reading the Bible, the illustration I've been using now for a couple of weeks, if you're not reading the Bible, your phone is off the hook, right? The, the, how's he going to speak to you anyway? Because yep. that's one of the primary ways in which he speaks, and it sets the tone for – I don't want to limit God. It sets the tone for almost every other way in which he speaks is what comes through his Word. And so how is he going to speak to you through the turkey, right, <laughs> through the random – you know, whatever. The burning bush. How's he going to speak to you through these things if you're not allowing him to speak to you in the word primarily first? If that makes right. any sense. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, let's just – how honest can we get on this podcast? I think we can get pretty honest. Super honest. I think so. I think so, too. We can't really be canceled on the podcast. <laughs> we don't have any sponsors. Right, right. We, <laughs> we won't can't get lose thrown any. off We're not going to lose money. Yeah. There's no money to lose. Right. There's no – right, I mean – we can make some people mad or send some messages. Well, let's just, <laughs> and you know, I, I have to stop myself. Let's pause for a minute. Us as American Christians in particular, mm-hmm. we have to stop acting like um, mean emails or comments or tweets is is persecution. Yep. It's not persecution. Not we all. are not being persecuted. We are not going through hardships when we get uh, trolls and people saying ugly right. stuff about us on the internet. Right. 
Look, read, read your Bible a little bit. Look at the rest of the history of the church, now, and also look at the current state of the vast majority of Christians in the world, and yep. tell me that that's persecution. If your anyway. life and well being is on the line, then I will agree. You yeah. are being persecuted, persecuted there, right? <laughs> but not if someone disagreed with you. <laughs> it may hurt your feelings, right? Right, but that's not persecution. It may harm your reputation, um, but that you. you it's not going to kill you. Right. You know, threatening any, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so let's just be real for a minute. There's some unspoken realities in the church or in Christians um, that we just don't say, but we ought to, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's these under the surface things that we don't ever come out with. And if we did, probably more people in the world that that didn't know Christ but kind of lean in that direction might be more open to it because they'd see us being actually open, right? Because the more open we are with our struggles, the easier it is to see a God who can heal us from these struggles, right? Yeah. A God that cares enough to love us and and that we can find our identity in him, right. not in us preserving some little nice little reputation, right? right? Um, but there's these, there's these hidden struggles in the church, unspoken realities that nobody talks to. Like, yep. I'm going to give you some. I'm setting you up for the last one. Like porn, yep. the fact that pornography use among pastors and Christians is astronomically high. Yeah, like it's ridiculously high, and virtually nobody, virtually nobody. There are some people that are leading the way in this in the church, but virtually nobody is discussing this. Yeah, no it's one. True, I actually. Um, I'm on TikTok. Woohoo. I actually hate being on TikTok, but um, <laughs> I'm on like the Christian side of TikTok because the whole algorithm, the whole way it works still doesn't make any sense to me. But there's this, um, there's people that are starting to speak out about it more, like yeah. people my age, which I, it's so cool to see because I'll see, like I'll be scrolling through and there's this one girl that I follow. She posts a lot of funny stuff, but occasionally she will talk about like her struggle with watching porn and she'll post like, okay, like. I just like relapse with this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then to see like the comments of people who are finding out like, oh, it's not just me because sin isolates you so Absolutely. much that when you don't talk about it, it, like when other people aren't talking about it, it makes you feel like it's just me and like I'm struggling with this the thing. It's like the worst. Keep that, keep that to yes. yourself. It's just, it's just yeah. you, right? It's so sad. And so just to see like people starting to speak out about it, it goes to you that people need to speak out about it more. It, like beginning. it doesn't just need to be like an online thing. Yeah, you know? I agree. It's yeah. beginning more with your generation the generation actually coming after you yeah. is speaking out about those things a lot more. Yeah, um, They seem to be more comfortable in sort of, um, which makes sense. They grew up in a very online public world, right? but they seem to be very much more comfortable with sharing some of these struggles. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, just nobody talked about this stuff. Right. Um, and it's still, by and large, virtually undiscussed in the church. But yet everybody is, I mean, so many people. Yeah. And so many Christian leaders are struggling. The numbers are crazy. I'm not going to give you yeah. the numbers, but they're crazy. It's crazy. Um, like, and then like, so here's another one. It's not as, um, you know, not like the porn one, but uh, doubt, for yeah. example. Like Christians walk around acting like nobody doubts. I mean, how yeah. many pastors have you been around where the pastor's actually telling you repeatedly in the middle of a message, hey, I've doubted this, yeah. or I'm, I've doubted this piece. No, they just kind of lack like that. I don't, I don't have any of that doubt, right? Yeah. So it's just unspoken reality. That that's actually happening. Here's the one I was getting to. I've been a pastor now since I was 20 years old, right? A long time. Lots and lots of people in virtually every situation you could possibly think you encounter when you are a pastor. I mean, I don't know another profession where you encounter as much different, individual, unique 
things going on in people's lives than in ministry. Hmm. Um, you know, because I, I think about like doctors and counselors and stuff, but theirs is still limited. The, the pastors, it, it spans the gamut. Hmm. Like there is nothing that shocks me. Um, nothing. Yeah. And what I what I know, this unspoken reality that's sort of behind the surface is that nobody reads their Bible. Now, I'm just going to cut through it. Nobody. Now, that's, of course, a, an absolute. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm making a big statement. I don't mean nobody. Right. Um, the, the virtually nobody. Right. Reads, their, reads the word. Virtually nobody. Um, I almost feel like that there have been times over the years where I could teach on, and make up something. Right. Yeah. And nobody would know. Um, now there's going to be people that are going to know. There's going to be people right. that will pick up on it, but by and large, that Christians aren't Christians are not students of the Word. And I'm not mm-hmm. even going to say like they used to be because I think that's a false right. thing anyway. Like, how do we know how they used to be? Like, right. maybe it was always been this problem. How much yeah. you want to bet it's always been this problem? Right. What I'm getting at is, I think it's always been an issue yeah. because if I was the enemy and I was trying to keep you. Um, if my job as the enemy was to kill you, kill your family, and destroy every thought that you even existed on this earth, like completely eliminate you because that's what his mm-hmm. job is to do, you better believe I'm going to keep you out of that Bible because it's God speaking to the whole breadth of humanity, mm-hmm. everyone, right? And and so I think that it's always, it's not just, a, it's not some new issue. It's not some new issue. I read this thing the other day where this guy, and, and I like most of what he says, very knowledgeable, very smart person, was sort of bashing modern day um, churches and Christians because they were saying, you know, that there there aren't there aren't pews, which means there aren't Bibles in the back of the pews, right? And then people aren't bringing their Bibles with them because mm-hmm. they use their phones now, but because we use the screens, people are reading off the screens, and then mm-hmm. the churches don't give out Bibles anymore, and 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 not all that's accurate, right? But the, his whole thought was is that. Now, because of all that, Christians aren't in the Word like they used to. No, 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 no. I think that this has always been a behind-the-scenes sort of unspoken reality that we struggle as Christians. We struggle being in the Word and hearing God speak to us in this consistent way all the time of of listening to the Word. Because if, if it's a primary way in which God speaks... There is this natural part of the enemy that's going to try to keep you from doing it, um, and so to me, it's just—it's it, crazy to think that so many people struggle reading the Bible. And I and yeah. I would hope, I would hope that people listen to this instead of just hiding this. So you, as soon as you feel this guilt from it, to go, you know, no, it's not, and I'm going to talk to somebody about it. I'm going to sh- like because if you start telling somebody about this, you know. If you get together and you go, hey, look, I got a confession. I only read the Bible like once every month, right. and that person looks at you, and hopefully they'd be they would be, they would honest, be honest instead of going, like, oh, that's horrible. I read right. it every day, uh, right. but they would be like, hey, I also struggle with this. Sometimes yeah. I'll read it, and the next thing you know, I ain't read it in six, seven weeks, right? right? Except for at church, and then half the time I don't even open it when the pastor reads it at church. I yeah. just don't even look at it on the screen. Just listen. Yeah. Um, I see this constantly. Then, you know, the two of you together then. Would be able to go. Okay, what are we going to do about this? You know, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna start reading the word together. Um, but it's crazy to think that, that we're not reading the word because one of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through the word, um, and it's incredibly important. Like if I told you that tomorrow, all right, Chloe, I told you tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow morning, the president of the United States would like to meet with you, just you, 
alone. Um, you know, not not weird, right, not right, a weird right, right. Way, but like he wants to meet with you, right? And he's going to do it at four a.m. at the local courthouse. Be there. I don't care how you feel about the president of the United States. You're showing up. You're showing up to yes. that, aren't you? Like you're, I, you're at the courthouse at three forty-five. Ready care for whether him. you can't stand him. You think it's crazy. Yeah. Like, like you wouldn't vote for him, and you, you're blaming him for the gas prices or whatever else <laughs> you'd be doing. Like, you know, I don't care what it is. I, I think that you would show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no I matter so what too. time, it'd be like the president of the United States. The president wants to meet me. Wants to talk to yes. me. Whenever, wherever, whatever, name the time, name the place, I'm canceling everything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for hey, the rest of it. your life, you could win two truths and a lie. Because <laughs> I had, I'm, I'm at, at the, the president of the United States at 4 a.m. Exactly. No one's going to miss out on that opportunity, no matter how they feel about him. <laughs> I mean, I think, right? Now, there's going to be some weirdos that are right. going to listen to this because we're in such a weird political climate that are going to be like, nope, the current president or the last one. Right. Like, I would never show up to anything that person would do, right? I don't believe you. I, I don't believe you. I, I don't believe it either. I call, I call lie on that. I'm throwing the flag. I don't believe you. Yeah. Because, like, let's get if, – if it really happened, you know, I think you'd show up. Oh, yeah. Um, because there's something about it. Like, when somebody that important wants to meet with you, you go, yeah. right? And you cancel whatever else. All of a sudden, whatever else you had to do can be on hold for a minute because somebody of that level of importance wants to meet with you. Um, The God of the universe wants to meet with you tomorrow morning, and you ain't got to go nowhere. Yep. Right? He wants to meet with you, and you don't have to do anything. And his level of importance is unheralded. I mean, what, what do you what do you do? Like, you, how could you even talk about the importance of the level, like incomprehensibility of the level yes. of God? Right? If God is real, even if you're listening to us and you don't believe it, if God is real, hypothetically speaking, how much higher is He than us? Right? How much important, more important is He than us? And the God of the universe wants to meet with you, and you don't have to go anywhere. Yep. The Creator of the universe wants to have a conversation with you all the time on a regular basis and he wants to do that in his word all the time on a regular basis yeah um what being in the word does for us i want to explain this i hope a little bit more um we were talking through this some yesterday i've been talking through it a lot lately um so it's one of the primary ways in which god speaks um but there are other ways in which god speaks so we're going to hit a couple of them. We hit one in a few minutes, and yeah. like he speaks through gifted teachers, and he speaks through prophetic utterances, and he speaks through the Holy Spirit, and he speaks through pain and circumstances of life, and you know all these other ways. Um, and then, of course, some crazy stuff like turkeys and yeah. clouds and burning bushes and you know donkeys and whatever else. Yeah. Um, when we are in the Word, it is us learning and understanding His voice. So when the more you know the word, the more you know the tone of God's voice and the content of which he speaks. You know, you know what he would say in a future situation and how he would say it. Mm-hmm. Right? The more you know the word, the more you know the character, the nature of God. You know the things that he does, the way that he speaks. You, know, you, you start to know who he is. You know his voice. Yep. Um, and then what that means is, is that in the, all the other ways in which he would speak to you in life, like 
the, another primary way through the Holy Spirit working. Um, you're able to know and discern if that's the voice of God based on how well you know him from the word, mm-hmm. right? Because he's not going to do anything that's going to go against or contradict that word. Um, and, and you've got to understand and know that. So, so what it does is it sort of subconsciously in the background, like the more you know the word, the less you will be inclined to when he speaks to you in a different way. Like when the Holy Spirit is doing this gentle, small whisper to your heart mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you're less likely to go, is that God? Or did I just have a bad uh, a bad taco at Taco Bell last right. night? Did I eat something too late? Was it just a weird drink? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Was that God? You will be less inclined to do that, more inclined to sort of subconsciously go, that's God. Yeah. Because you know his voice. Mm-hmm. You know his voice. When when Jesus talks about, I am the good shepherd, the, sh- the sheep That's hear exactly my voice. That's exactly what right? I was just thinking the, about in see, my head. Yeah. See how it works? Yeah. Like, I, you, know, you know, they know my voice and they follow me. The mm-hmm. way you know the voice of God is primarily through the word. And it sets up us for it to be, to be able to know his voice everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have a lot more confusion in life on him speaking to you in all these other ways. Dreams. The Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. these gentle nudges, these whispers, that that peace inside your heart that you like to call inside your soul that you like to call your conscience, mm-hmm. right? If you're a Christian, by the way, it's not, it's not a conscience anymore. It's called the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, all these things that are happening in your life, you are so much. You're going to be so much more tuned in to whether that's God mm-hmm. and hearing Him speak in those ways if you know the Word. Mm-hmm. That's how you know His voice. Yeah, it sort of sets the whole foundation for the whole thing. And if we go back to what I said just a minute ago, that the vast majority of Christians are not in the Word, well, then no wonder, no wonder nobody hear God speak. No wonder mm-hmm. we're sitting around going, "Well, I don't know if God wants to talk to me," or "This seems like it's this is mystical. It's just for one or two people, or like you know, it's right. just a special thing." It's, it's so hey, he wouldn't speak to me. The reason we feel that way is because none of us read a word, yeah. right? We're not in the Word, right? The more we know the word, the more we can hear and, cl- and clearly understand the voice of God in every other way, right? right? And, uh, and on a subconscious level, not even on a conscious level. That's how you start to know you can identify yeah. whether it's God speaking to you or not based on how well you know him and his voice from the word. Right. Um, so I, I admit that the Bible can be an intimidating book. Mm-hmm. I get it, right? I mean, how many of the books you own that's bound in leather? <laughs> right, a couple of diaries, some notebooks, right. exactly. some moleskin notebooks, exactly. Right? Um, some art drawing books. I mean, right. like how many other books that you would read are bound in leather? I mean, yeah. how many other books you got that have um, every little chapter and verse has got a number on it? And a, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I get it. I know that it's intimidating. Right. Um, but do not, do not fall into the trap that um, it's unreliable or that it shouldn't be read or that it's outdated. Yeah. Do a study first before you accept that nonsense from the world around you, mm-hmm. right? If you want to accept it, that's fine, but you better go study because I'm telling you right now, when you start to form your own biblical theology, your own bibliology, you're going you're gonna to struggle real quick with being able to dismiss that this is the Word of God. Like, for example, I think that if you would just look at the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament and his fulfillment of them in the New Testament, mm-hmm. seven, eight hundred years later, mm-hmm. that it'll make you believe the whole book. Yeah. 
to me, everything that I look about about Jesus, every single piece that I see about Jesus makes me believe all the things in the Bible, even the stuff that sounds crazy, like a great big old boat with all the animals on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, it makes me go, all right, there's something there to that, right? Yeah. I got to explore that. Yeah. Um, so, so do the work and read it. I know that it's intimidating, um, but I would tell you that the best way that you can know to trust this. So how do you know? How do you know that the word is alive and active like a double-edged sword? How do you know? How can you know for certain mm. that the word is inspired by God and gives everything that we need for your training and work and instruction and righteousness? How do you know that? Well, I mean, I think you just have to get in it and try it, don't you? Yeah. Like, I, what other way is there to do it? Like, I don't need to know the history of the automobile to trust a car, that I can get in a car and it's going to take me somewhere. Right. Right. I don't, I don't go and learn the whole history of the automobile before I get into it and just drive it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you shouldn't learn that. You should right. learn it. But, no, you just get in it and ride it. And I think when it comes to the Word, how do you know that it's really divine? How do you know that it's inspired? Well, study about it. Yeah. But get in it and ride it. Yeah. Right. Just get in it and read it. Right. Um, and you don't have to know everything about everything. Right. You're not going to anyway. If you've listened to this podcast at all and you listen to that theology stuff, you should have seen that we could take every ounce of brain cells we have, focus on nothing but the word with every waking hour we have, and try to study these pieces of theology, and we're not even going to scratch the surface. Right. Right? So there's going to be stuff all the time that you don't understand. You know, People come to me and ask me questions all the time, and then, like, I don't know, or I've forgotten. Right. right? Like yesterday, somebody came to us when we were in a meeting, and somebody was like, "Adam, what's Noah's wife's name?" And I was like, "I don't know. I have to look it up." <laughs> right. You know I mean? like, Google. Like you're just gonna miss. You're gonna. You're not gonna know all these things. But get in it and start reading it. So if you're questioning right now, of maybe you're willing to admit that you're one of those Christ followers that doesn't read the Bible. Yeah. Um. One, you're not alone, and it's okay, right? Right. Here's a here's a positive thing. When you confess something, when you repent something, God can do something different with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll meet you exactly where you are. That's the beauty of repentance. So if you're, if there's a moment of repentance right now of, he's right, I don't read the Bible much. I yeah. don't read it like I should. Um, and I, and I, I want to do something different that I want to repent with that. The picture of repentance is, is you turn around and God meets you right there. Yeah. Right. And so there's something that can be done about it. So how do you get started in the book? The question is, is, is do, I, do I start in Genesis and just read all the way through? I wouldn't suggest that. Um, not if you are a beginner, yeah. because it's not fully chronological, right? right? So people think, well, I'll, what do you do with the book, right? Start at the beginning. <laughs> start at the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, only weirdo people start at the end and read right. the end and go back and read the book. Or read like the 12th book or whatever yeah. within yeah. the book. <laughs> <laughs> only weirdos do that. Yeah. Um, you start at the beginning and read through. Well, right. I mean, you can, but you, you're going to need some studies tools along the way because it's not going to work out that way. It's not fully yeah. chronological. Um, and so the way we read and understand stuff is, you know, it happened A, B, C, D, it goes chronological. Yeah. And it's just not necessarily like that. So this is what I would suggest. Here's the flow. If you are a beginner, right, um, so a complete newbie, basically, right, like you're a new Christ follower, period, you've had no exposure really to the Word, or you're willing to admit that you've been around the Word your whole life, Mm-hmm. And yet, the only thing that you know about it is what somebody else has told you because yeah. you ain't read it yourself. I'm going to call you a beginner. If I was a beginner, if I was a newbie, I would start in the Gospel of John, right? Any of the Gospels is fine, but I would start with the Gospel of John in particular because John starts off with 
the first five verses of the, of the book of John, the Gospel of John, starts off with us him uh, uh, us being told and understanding that in the beginning was the Word too. So, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, yeah. right? And then it talks about that being Jesus, and so right. it's just pointing you back to yet again. That the word has always been, the word always was. He's mm-hmm. speaking through us to the word. And then Jesus, when he comes down, he's the word in flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And so the pre-incarnate Jesus is being talked about in the first part of John. The, the incarnate Jesus is being talked about right there in the first part of John. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all tied into this idea of God speaking to us through the word. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I would start off with John. And then if we would call you an intermediate Right, so your beginner and then intermediate level. What are these cups called at Starbucks? What's uh, the tall, grande, venti, and trenta? <laughs> There's a trenta now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that right. I don't know. Tall, that... tall, grande, grande venti, venti trenta. trenta. See, they did that on purpose, <laughs> right? First off, I hate those names because I want to be like, if I say the word large, that should mean the biggest cup you have, right? Yeah. And so when I go grande which is what large is, right? Yeah, it's it medium. Anyway, they did it on purpose because they didn't want to call one of them like, your starter set, you're small, <laughs> right? Yeah. They all got these big names. Right. But like when we're talking about reading the word, let's go beginner, right? small cup. Let's go intermediate, sort of like a medium here. If you're intermediate um, Christ follower, mm-hmm. you need to, and you're struggling with where to read the Bible, go read the book of James. Start off with the book of James. Go straight to it because it gives you so many pieces for the individual Christian life, how to walk mm-hmm. out this Christian life. Mm-hmm. Kick off there first. And James is constantly pushing you back to the greater thoughts of God as well yeah. and what it means to actually live this thing out. Um, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Incredible. We're about to teach through it, the whole verse yeah. by verse. Um, and then, if we were, so as a beginner, right, I'm saying go Gospel John mm-hmm. or any of the Gospels. Intermediate, go James. Um, if you're experienced, so you've been around the Bible quite a bit, maybe you've fallen off, you've been a Christ for a long time, you know a decent amount of word, but you're not really reading it like you ought to, you're looking for where, somewhere to start, um, I would say then you could start at the beginning, but you need to get a guide, a study that helps you actually read it chronologically. Hmm. So you're not going to go straight through, right? Yeah. <laughs> page by page. Right. It's going to tell you when you get to the spot, hey, jump here, then yeah. jump back here. Um, you need to get a guide that helps you do that. Yeah. Um, or, and there's tons of them, right? They're always there's free. But yeah. a- after you figure this out, though, the real key is you need to set a time to study the Word, period. Right? Yeah. Set a meeting with the God of the universe who is more important than whoever's in the White House and wants to meet with you. Yeah. So set a time because if you don't hear the voice of God – over and over again, repeatedly, repeatedly in Scripture, you are not going to be to dis- be able to discern his voice in any other way that he's going to speak to you. And he wants to speak to you in more ways than just the word. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to be able to figure it out because that's sort of like your baseline. Yeah. That's where you determine and learn and know his voice. Um, and I, and I, I firmly believe that that's why we have the Bible. Like I do not believe the nice little, little speaking point that preachers like to use that the Bible is our manual for life. I don't believe that. If it's our manual for life, that means we're at the center of it. Right. Right. We're not the center of the story. We're not the main character. Yeah. Right. So this is this is like God's diary, his shortened diary of what he wants us to know and how he wants us to know it. But the mm-hmm. main thing he wants us to know is not the events that are happening in there. And the, the, it, the main thing he wants us to know is who he is. Yeah. Right. 
It's, it's, it's his character and his nature, who he is. And that's why he sends Jesus as yeah. well, right? You can know exactly and see who he is. So if you want to see who God is, look at Jesus, right? right? That's who God is. That's yeah. God in the flesh. Yeah. So so the Bible is us is us knowing who the Father, who the Son, Holy Holy Spirit, who the Holy Trinity of God, mm-hmm. this incomprehensibility of the thing that we can, it's hard for us to grasp, who, who God really is. That's the Bible. And if you want to know his voice and hear his voice in so many other ways, this is your baseline. This is where you start. Yeah. The word is the place that you can learn the character and nature of God so that he can speak to you in every other whatever ridiculous, crazy God way he yeah. wants to. And you right? won't miss it because you yeah. know it's him. Yeah, you won't immediately think that you're crazy or nuts. Right. I mean, you might a little bit, but <laughs> you know his voice enough to know, right. I know what he would say and I know how he would say it. Yeah. You know, and this starts to fit in line with these things. We're going to help. We're going to do a, one of these podcast episodes. I don't know when it was towards the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And we think this series is going to be like five or six weeks. Yeah. Towards the end, we're going to get into this. Like, how do I, how do I prepare? How do I ask God for guidance here to how to speak to me? Right. Mm-hmm. And then what do I do to kind of receive it? Yeah. How do I put myself in a position to really receive what it is? Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, we have to start off with this. Just like when we were talking theology, we have to start off with the Bible to give us a biblical theology. When we are trying to hear from God, we are, we've got to start off with the Bible to understand it. You can't even understand the nature of who Jesus is without the written word of God, the spoken word of God, instructing you all these things about who Jesus is yeah. as, as part of the character and nature of God. So anyway, um, there, there's multiple ways. We'll get into several of them. We'll do yeah. another one in you know um, next episode. But uh, the key is, is you got to get in the Bible, right? So stop freaking out about what translation to read, stuff like that. Like, you know, don't make your main translation you read a paraphrase translation, right? right? Yeah. I still own them. I still read them. I still right. use them. When we say paraphrase, we're talking about like what's the one? The uh, message. The message, stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. great resources for personal Bible study. Mm-hmm. That can't be your primary word. Right. Go just go straight down the line. Pick you a, pick you a main line, whatever translation you want. Yeah. King James is fine. It's going to take you a little bit more work, right? New King James is awesome. Sounds a little bit, a little bit more modern than that. NIV is a great translation. Mm-hmm. New Living Translation. I mean, there's a million of them, so right? So many options. There's yeah. tons of them. Don't get crazy about which ones which. Just get in the Word, Yeah. right? Get in the Word. The more you are in the Word, even if you don't understand all of it, the closer you're going to be to understanding and hearing the voice of God in every other way in your life. Yep. So. Good that stuff. was fun. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that a lot. And I am one of those people that needs to read their Bible more. I yeah. think the last time I read mine was at least five days ago. <laughs> so, See? Thank yeah. you, Chloe. Yeah. Now, I'm going to follow your lead. Okay. I get into these ruts of only reading my Bible to teach and preach, mm. right? That's, that's hard. like double bad. That's, that's like hard. That's like double horrible, yeah. right? That's like sin times two you know what i mean like it's just back because that means i'm only really reading it to do something from it for other people and not for myself like i you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's even it's even worse it's hard though because i mean it for it to be part of your job it's like you do that for part of your job and then like that just sounds i don't mean it in a bad yeah. way but like no, if no. that's part of your job to study the word and teach it to others and then like when you go home it almost can maybe feel like you might still be working almost like you're still in that work mode because you were reading it at work and now you're reading it at home and it kind of it's hard to find that balance and 
do it all, I guess. It, it I don't is. Know. <laughs> it's, it's easy for what you end up doing with it. It's just like anything else. You, you end up relegating it to, that's my work, right? Yeah. yeah. With any other job, you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know any photographers who take pictures all day and then they want to take pictures when they get home? Or like, for example, (laughs) Valerie's Valerie's dad, her father, is a um, uh, a builder. Mm -hmm. Um, He builds homes, and uh, when you go to his house, though, it's always tore up, right? It's always something he's fixing and half built and half tore up. Or right. like the, all these houses he builds, it looks awesome. That's because he's doing it all day. He doesn't want to come necessarily home to want home That to makes a lot of right? sense. And yeah. so the sad part is, is that's what ends up happening to us naturally mm. with God as well. Those of us that are in, you know, professional ministry or mm-hmm. full-time ministry, whatever words you want to call mm-hmm. it, is that we end up creating this separation mm-hmm. when there is no separation, yeah. right? The, you don't you don't get to compartmentalize your Christian faith, even yeah. if you are a leader in the church. Even more so, you have yeah. to not compartmentalize your faith. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, and you don't get sense. to do that in any way. Yeah. See, what happens is it's the other way around for other people. So, a Christ follower who works a job that's not in the ministry, which, by mm-hmm. the way, every job can be in the ministry. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, we compartmentalize it there. We go, okay, I got to turn my Christian off because I'm at work, right? Mm-hmm. People that are in the ministry do the opposite. When I go home, okay, I got to turn all this church stuff, Jesus stuff, off for a while and take a break because I'm right. home. Right? It's the opposite. It's a yeah, flip-flop. that's true. I've never thought of but it that. But none way. of we don't. None of us as Christ followers get to compartmentalize that. Not at all. So you're being honest about your Bible reading, yes. and I'm sitting here telling you right now that there there will be there's different different times where it goes in different ways, yeah. right? But like you were just saying, five days for me, um, not right now, but like two months ago. Um, I found myself only reading the Bible for about three weeks for mm-hmm. what I needed to do, you know, to mm-hmm. preach and teach. Um, it happens. So yeah. let's be honest about it. Yeah. It's We're an all... underlying reality. I'm telling you right now, everybody struggles mm-hmm. with making reading of the word a priority. And even if you find yourself to be the one person right now who you happen to be at this moment killing it, right? right? You've got this set aside time and you're reading <laughs> through and you get the same amount every day and all these things. Yeah. I bet you still struggle with the fact that now it's become routine and it's just something that you do to do yes. because you're supposed to instead of actually leaning in right. to hear from God. Whenever right? I do get into those phases where I'm reading it every morning and I'm on a roll, it ends up almost feeling like I check that off the list, read my Bible like a good Christian. There it and, is. Yeah. And so it's just hard to find that headspace of like not just doing it to check it off, but doing it because you want to connect with God and you want to know him and know his voice and all that. It's really hard to get there. So we're sitting here being I honest. I think and, that might maybe going too far, but that's what I do. I think <laughs> the number one thing the enemy tr- is trying to do to derail your relationship with God is to get you not to read the word. Oh, yeah. The main thing. Exactly. Because right. then when you sit down to read it, it's like all of a sudden you're distracted by, li- like all of a sudden the world catches on fire. Everything's falling <laughs> Every apart. Happens, the roof right. caved in. Like it's like everything is going on. And you're like, oh, I'm now I can't you, read it. I've got all these other things to do. Because if, I wonder why. <laughs> if you don't read it, then you will um, doubt every other voice of God in the world around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't tune into it. You won't hear it. Um, and you won't have a relationship with him. Right, yeah. and that's what he's trying to destroy. So, it, it is it is a it is a problem that we don't read the word enough. It will always be a problem, so don't beat yourself up too much. Right, but um, it is the groundwork for hearing from God. Yeah, groundwork. Yeah, absolutely. Now I think that he speaks the most 
the most and, and in the most wildest ways through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the power of the Holy Spirit is what it was inspiring the scripture to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. But the Bible is this base thing across all people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's across everybody. Um, yeah. no, no other book has been translated in more languages than the Bible with the goal from virtually every Christian that there could possibly be to translate it in every single known language, which it's still yeah. not. There's a quote that I read I don't recently. I wish I'd have wrote it down so I could actually give some credit to it. But it was like, the Bible is the most, um, most sold, most translated book ever of all time every single year and the least read all mm. at the same time. Yeah. That means we value it like crazy. It is crazy important. We know the importance of it. We know that it's for everybody, and yet we still struggle to embrace it, to read it, to study it. Yep. Can't tell me that's not demonic. You can't tell me oh, that's not 100%. that's not a, that's not spiritual warfare, right? Yeah. So, but you Absolutely. know, you can beat the enemy in this one. This is an easy one. This is an easy spiritual warfare battle. Right. Right. He's gonna try to keep you from reading it. Read it. Right. Just get into it. it. Right. Yeah. yeah so. Doesn't have to be at the same time every day either. No, I, I get I, in that headspace. I'm like, it wasn't in the morning. I didn't read it first thing in the morning because I overslept or whatever. And so then I like don't read it at all. Those things are always good. Right. Like, like knowing, okay, any time in your life that you can go, I am putting God first. Yes. Home run. Right. Yeah. That's how we're supposed to live. Right. Right. Um, that sets us up in the most way, too, because we're not good kings of our lives. We're horrible at the being a king of our yeah. life. We're horrible kings and queens and lords of our life. And so when we get ourselves off the throne, we're setting ourselves up for success. We're giving God glory, which yeah. is the best thing that we could do yeah. because we're horrible kings. So anytime you put God first, you're killing it. Yeah. But if you forget, if you screw up, whatever, you have another moment. Right. Right. When you realize it, you have a moment then to go. Well, I can't go back and do nothing about that, but if I put him first right now, what's the difference? Yeah. Right? So I put him first Instead right now. Instead of watching TV, I'm yeah, going to yeah, read right. my Bible. Or, you know, going, well, I didn't read my Bible this morning. Dang, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> right? Well, you had a moment just right uh, that moment, just then, to go, nope, I'm a horrible king. God's a good king. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm going to get off my throne. I want to make him first. I yep. want to hear him speak more than I want to watch this episode of Yellowstone. Right? I've been struggling <laughs> with that plug. for a while. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I feel that. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on this episode. This has been so good. Yeah. Um, Now that we've all been honest about how we haven't been reading our Bibles a lot, now we're faced with the question of what are we going to do about it? So um, go out, read your Bible today, find some time, and I'm going to do the same later today. We hope you have a great week. We'll be back next week with another episode from this series. Yep. And I think it's going to be really awesome. So stay tuned and we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.